This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the House moves to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Number two, the tax deal is poised to head to the floor. And number three, tech CEOs prep for a Senate grilling. All right. Happy Wednesday. There is a lot happening on Capitol Hill. We are leading off this morning's Punchbowl News AM with a look at how the House Homeland Security Committee voted 18 to 15 along party lines to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Republicans on the panel charged that Mayorkas was guilty of quote-unquote willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law, as well as a breach of public trust. Important to note, no cabinet official has been impeached in nearly 150 years. Next action is likely next week, when the full House could vote on Mayorkas' impeachment. The challenge, of course, for the GOP leadership is this. If they want to avoid embarrassment on the floor, they need to minimize both Republican defections and absences when the impeachment resolution comes up for a vote. Speaker Mike Johnson has literally no room for error with just 219 members of the House Republican Conference. Two to watch, Representatives Tim McClintock, the Republican from California, and Ken Buck, the Republican from Colorado. They're both still leaning no. On the vote to impeach Mayorkas, Buck told us he plans to meet with House Homeland Security Committee Chair Mark Green later this week. So let's talk about what happened last night. The Homeland Security panel debated numerous amendments into the early morning for the two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. By 9 p.m., the committee had only processed three amendments, but the pace picked up as the night wore on. Amendments included uh, the ability to strike an article of impeachment in its entirety. There was also an effort to offer an amendment that asserted Republicans were only impeaching Mayorkas because former President Donald Trump wanted it, and ranking member Betty Thompson proposed an amendment that would prompt the committee to acknowledge that Mayorkas wasn't afforded due process, chiefly because he wasn't allowed to testify. Yet, no amount of stalling tactics changed the final outcome, which was always going to be a straight party-line vote. So the decision to impeach Mayorkas is interesting. What the House wants to do, the Senate is not on the same page with, It isn't going over well in the Capitol by both Senate Republicans and some vulnerable red state Democrats who are criticizing the effort as futile. The Senate will now have to conduct a full-scale Mayorkas impeachment trial as long as that passes the full House. Senate Minority Whip John Thune said he prefers to focus on winning elections and changing the Secretary of Homeland Security. Now, when it comes to the border, important to note that Senate leaders in both parties have, are continuing to signal that they aren't giving up on the border security Ukraine effort. 
amid intensifying criticism from Johnson and Trump about the yet-to-be-released legislation. But there's no doubt that the onslaught from the right is making it more difficult for Senate GOP leaders to meet their stated goal of securing support from at least half the conference. Senate Republican leaders and their allies on Tuesday lamented that Johnson, Trump, and other conservatives are dismissing the emerging agreement before even seeing the text. And they're defending Senator James Lamford, the Republican from Oklahoma, the lead GOP negotiator, for what they say are unfair characterizations of a bill they haven't even seen. Senate Republicans are eager for the legislative text to be released so that they can make the case that the bill represents, quote, really good, strong, conservative border policy, Thune said. For now, Johnson is insisting he won't take up the Senate bill, although the lead Democratic negotiators suspect Johnson is only saying that because he's rooting for this bill to die so the House doesn't have to deal with it. It remains to be seen whether a tide of GOP senators will turn against the bill simply because Johnson says he won't take it up in the House. We will be watching it very, very closely. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We've got some breaking news. Speaker Mike Johnson is finally bringing the nearly $80 billion bipartisan tax bill to the floor today, ending a prolonged negotiation with angry New York Republicans. The New Yorkers, the House Republican majority makers, pressed Johnson to change the bipartisan bicameral tax bill to include relief from the $10,000 state and local tax deduction. But at this juncture, it appears as if Johnson is going ahead with the legislation unamended. The tax bill was negotiated by House Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith and Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden over months of talks. It pairs business tax breaks with an ex- expansion of the child tax credit. If the bill moves forward as it is written by Smith and Wyden, it is expected to pass the House by a large margin. Since it's coming up under suspension, that will be needed. It will need a two-thirds majority for passage. However, nothing is ever a done deal in the 118th Congress. At this juncture, the bill can only be amended by Smith. Let's zoom out a little bit for the larger dynamic for Johnson. This episode, in many ways, is a preview of what he's going to face over the next month. On day 97 of Johnson's speakership, Johnson had to deal with a test that in miniature lays bare the challenges of managing a 219 Republican House majority with a diverse set of lawmakers acting on different incentives. Johnson was holed up in his Capitol office conducting shuttle diplomacy in the Homeland Security Committee trying to balance the political and legislative priorities of one clutch of the caucus with another, all with a key Republican goal in the balance. This week, it was relatively low stakes. Johnson's efforts on the tax bill was designed to assuage these New Yorkers, who many believe have been used and abused by the leadership. But in the next month, Johnson will have a far more Herculean challenge, threading the needle in the conference on a government funding package that will be heavily skewed toward Democrats. And Tuesday's drama in an uncharacteristic episode, four moderate New York Republicans threatened to take down a rule over the latest push to get relief from the salt cap into the bipartisan tax package. That kicked off a series of meetings for Johnson into the night. Salt supporters and House Freedom Caucus members met with Johnson, Majority Whip Tom Emmer, and Smith Tuesday evening before additional smaller huddles. Asked about whether there was a a solution on salt that the broader GOP conference could accept, Emmer said after the initial meeting there might be. One option that came up during the meeting was moving a separate bill in parallel to the tax package that would address New Yorker and HFC concerns together, according to a source familiar with the discussion. That bill could pair SALT deductions with something to address HFC complaints about the child tax credit. In particular, 
possibly requiring parents to have a social security number to get benefits on top of the current role that children do, according to the source. That sort of new restriction on access to family benefit would be unlikely to find support from Democrats who control the Senate. But this wouldn't be in the bipartisan tax package itself. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Andrew Desiderio has a great piece up this morning on chief executives from the sum of the world's biggest social media companies will be testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee today about their platform's efforts or lack thereof to protect child children from sexual exploitation. The CEOs from X, TikTok, Snap, Meta, and Discord will all testify before the committee. This blockbuster hearing is sure to turn into a high-profile grilling of the tech executives, and we expect several of the morning news shows to be broadcasting from the hearing, which shows you just how much public attention there is on it. Senators on both sides of the aisle have long argued that social media platforms haven't done enough to shield children from harmful content, contending that they're often magnets for sexual predators. However, the Senate hasn't passed major legislation addressing children's online safety despite widespread bipartisan agreement and committee-level action on different bills. Now, this is going to be one of those very high-profile hearings where it's not just going to be about the topic of the day. We already have gotten signals from some members, including Senator Josh Hawley, the Republican from Missouri, that the scope of the hearing could go way beyond the topic of children. Hawley has tried to ban TikTok from the United States. And he told us, quote, they need to come prepared to be held accountable for the full spectrum of their behavior. I hope Chu, who's the CEO of TikTok, comes prepared to answer questions more forthrightly than he did last time. His appearance in front of the House was just an embarrassment. Hawley is referring to Chu's testimony before the House Energy and Commerce Committee last March, during which lawmakers from both parties really attacked him over TikTok's ties to China, as well as its handling of Americans' data. There was a groundswell of support for taking action against TikTok after that hearing, but nothing ever came of it. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it with a friend. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on all of these issues and more by signing up for our free morning newsletter. All it takes is an email address. You can go to punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe, everybody. 